DW Africa Link COVID-19 has pummeled healthcare systems and economies worldwide, and the African continent has hardly been spared. But stuff needs to keep moving, and the lockdowns, border closures, and curfews have thrown a spotlight on the silent business of logistics. And when supply chains break, systems can't work. This is a DW Africa Link special podcast on the coronavirus. I'm Kai Nebe. First, though, a look at some of the big stories across the continent this week regarding COVID-19. And joining me in the studio is DW presenter Mimi Mefu. Mimi, welcome. Thank you, Kai. Thank you for having me once again. Mimi, let's start off with Madagascar. Not so long ago, uh, President Andre Rajulina was saying that he had, uh, or at least he was promoting this cure called COVID organics. But now doctors in the country are saying that they're quickly running out of um, hospital beds with COVID-19 patients. Yeah, uh, just an indication that the Hebak cure was no guarantee that um, uh, Madagascar could get rid of COVID-19 as early or as soon as we thought, because he said that these products were being distributed for free of charge across the country and that those who die of COVID-19 died because they did not consume these Hebak products. So far... Madagascar is counting more than 8,160 COVID-19 cases and we have more and more cases on a daily basis. So we, we start asking ourselves, what is happening in Madagascar? But has this also led to a type of, how would we say, uh, conflict between him and his own medical staff? The medical staff is overwhelmed. They need more equipment, they need uh, more medical supplies to be able to take care of the patients and that at the level of the hospital at the moment, they would only accept severe cases. So far, the Minister of Health is said to have appealed for international assistance uh, without uh, a consensual agreement with the government and Rajolina actually released a statement saying that the Minister of Health did that on a personal basis. And I guess a conflict right now between your own, I mean, we've seen it in the United States as well, but seeing a conflict between the leader of a country and their own ministry is not particularly The Minister promising. of Health is working hand in glove with the medical staff. He understands the realities on the ground. I'm not saying the president is not in control, but he doesn't really understand what's happening in the medical sector, like the health minister who is working with the medical personnel, the doctors and the nurses. So he's better placed to tell what needs or help is needed where. Moving on to South Africa now, that's a country that we all know has the most number of COVID-19 cases in the country, but there was some shocking news this week, correct? Right, uh, Kai, the South African Medical Research Council on Wednesday reported that an estimated 17,000 uh, more people uh, died, that is excess deaths in South Africa. But officially, we have 6,000 COVID-19 deaths in South Africa. You know, the country is counting uh, more than 400,000 people infected with the coronavirus pandemic. But a study also showed in the past weeks that uh, there are more than 17,000 deaths and this year than the previous year. So it suggests that they are 11 additional, 11,000 additional people that died, which is unexplained. Th these figures are obviously suggesting there's a discrepancy between the number of people that have died of COVID-19 and the actual deaths in the country. But what does this actually tell us? 
It's telling us that so many people are suffering from COVID-19 that have not been to the hospital. That's why the government is encouraging mass testing that people should know their status. There's also this idea of social distancing that is not being respected. People do not go into self-isolation when they have like when they are potential carriers. This has caused further spread of the disease. It's making it difficult for health officials to contain the spread of a coronavirus in South Africa. There's also a possibility because there are other people suffering from other diseases in South Africa like HIV and AIDS tuberculosis that these additional deaths were related to these diseases. So right. we can't really be sure. Mimi Mefu, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Kai. Keeping the continent moving, logistics is something that happens every day, or at least did. And initially, when many countries went into lockdown, everybody was generally content to wait it out. But the coronavirus has had a delayed effect on the African continent and the threat of COVID-19 has been lurking for months. And governments with few viable alternatives have tried to stop people moving to avoid the virus spreading. But business people need to make money and goods need to reach destinations. And this affects everyone, from small-time vendors to massive supermarkets. DW's Andrew Wasike visited some smaller businesses in Nairobi, Kenya. In the busy Kamukunji market, the small-time traders are local, but the goods are not. Many items are not manufactured in Kenya and must travel from far. Irene Kawera, for instance, sells clothing. Her supply chain broke when Kenya closed its borders and just listen what that meant for her. And this affected my business because most of the times I get my goods from Tanzania and Uganda and sometimes I also ship from China. And you know COVID-19 had greatly affected China, so most of the factories there were closed. Uh, this meant that we could not get our goods easily or sometimes I would run out of stock. Uh, when the goods took longer to get to us, so we had uh, a low supply of goods and that was a major challenge as well. So the returns were low and we would buy goods at a high price because demand was high and the supply was low. Not just that, once the goods arrived, there was no one to buy her goods. Another challenge is that many people were encouraged to stay home to minimize the spread of COVID-19, so most of the customers uh, feared coming to the shop to get supplies and, many Kenya, and also many Kenyans had lost jobs and so there was no money to purchase from me. They had no money to purchase from me. The government's decision on what counts as essential services also made Kawira's job of selling her stock exponentially difficult. Uh, the carrier buses we use to transport our goods have been affected because uh, now there's a delay as the goods ferried are not essential. Uh, so it's difficult to send goods timely to my customers within the country due to the curfew. All the while, shoe seller Nico Munyasia has battled to stay afloat and keep customers happy. Goods are not coming from uh, sources. So, uh, we find that the goods are there, but because of the, uh, the, the, the government restrictions, goods cannot reach our, their destination. So you find that you have customers and uh, you tell them your goods are coming after two weeks, like two weeks or three weeks. And uh, when the customers come to your, to your, to your shop, they find that 
the, the goods are not there. So a disappointment for the customers. You're not making money yourself. You are paying for the rent of the shop. Uh, you're paying your workers. While things have improved recently for small traders, it will take time for businesses to return to normal in Kamukunji. Andrew Wasike bringing us those voices from Nairobi. Logistics also affect medical supplies, and it becomes a matter of life and death when road networks or supply chains break down, especially in rural areas. DW correspondent Maxwell Souk went for a bumpy ride to a health facility in northern Ghana. The road leading to Janjuro Health Center is so badly damaged that vehicles often fall into deep potholes. Located in the remote part of northern region of Ghana, it is one of the many poorly resourced centers but still serves many communities in the Nantong district. As I arrive at the outpatient department, OPD, nurses here are working to return a baby's temperature to normal but without wearing hand gloves and face masks. That has been their predicament, especially during the coronavirus pandemic, says Vincent Yayamga, the nurse on duty today. If a patient comes here as an emergency case, what are we going to do? <laughs> and we are not even protected well. The PPS like this, I have not even seen one. I have not even seen one here. Many rural health centers in Ghana currently lack personal protection equipment, PPEs for short. The government, in a bid to solve the shortages, announced it was partnering with the private sector to fill the gaps. However, there has not been constant supply chain to health facilities, especially those in the rural areas. Another nurse, Nasa Monimatu, explains. They once came and gave us the protective clothing, only one. And then in case a case comes and we use it, we have to dispose it, and that will be all. And then also we don't have nose mask unless it's your own nose mask you wear. They also came and gave us some sanitizers too, and then it's about to finish. The challenge most health centers in the rural areas face is transportation to the treatment centers, which are largely situated in the urban areas. Such facilities depend on national ambulance services during emergencies. Research conducted at 90 health facilities across northern Ghana in May this year by a civil society organization in Ghana found that most health facilities in the area were not ready to manage suspected or confirmed COVID-19 cases due to insufficient logistical infrastructure. DW's Maxwell Sook bringing us that report from northern Ghana. Working in a specific field where complicated logistics are required is one thing. But what if logistics themselves are your business? Obi Ozo from Nigeria is the CEO of e-logistics company Kobo360. It serves as a kind of Uber service, but for trucks and lorries. It operates mainly in East and West Africa, and during the pandemic, the company has logged over 31,000 deliveries across the continent. The importance of his business has been magnified as companies scramble to secure their supply chains. Ozoo reckons companies spend 7-14% to 14 of their revenues on logistics. In Africa, it's 99% of all the goods are trucked. Uh, so basically, that's what uh, keeps Africa moving. But delivering goods, even essential ones, has proved difficult. It's actually crazy when this thing happened in the first week. Nobody has any clue what to do. 
all these government parastatals, they're not equipped to actually work proactively, you know, yeah. and this thing requires a proactive approach. So there was so much confusion that I had to be calling ministers directly, right? And we had to force them and start giving them information. And then we now found out that at times we have more information than the government. Drivers themselves, despite risking their health, have been held up in some countries, much to Ozo's frustration. Then it becomes, he goes back into the problem in Africa, which is extortion. So suddenly drivers who we've been begging via radio and via different channels to come to the road, they go on the road and different authorities are trying to do that work and they're starting money from them. The drivers say, you know what, I don't want to be... First of all, I'm risking my life, but now that I'm being extorted, I don't want to be on the road. Transporting foods and essentials took priority during this time. So, but the key priority, of course, is food. So certain sectors already weren't active, but if we had trucks, we always channel them to agro and agro-allied and pharmaceuticals, right? So before we start moving uh, the mining sector, the raw materials like cement, so we basically deprioritized some of those sectors and moved all the tr- trucks to the agro-agro-allied and pharmaceuticals. And while COVID-19 has hammered economies, for Azor at least, it has also forced African governments to modernize. Yes, I think there are, uh, especially in the area of tech adoption, So digital has become a centerpiece of what any organization is doing today. So I think that that is a positive. So not just even for us, but even the fintechs. So I think that digital became mainstream. Ability for government and uh, startups to work together became uh, very uh, clear now. So government actually listened to startups. Keeping the continent moving during the coronavirus is essential, which seems at odds with health advice and government's efforts to keep people apart. Livelihoods and lives depend on functioning logistics, and the coronavirus pandemic has magnified these pain points on the African continent. This was a DW Africa Link special podcast on the coronavirus. Special thanks to Andrew Wasike and Maxwell Suk and our production team here in Bonn. From me, Kanebe, stay safe and bye for now.